Hello, this is A.R. Bernard, and welcome to my podcast. My objective, it's simple, to create a platform where you can be educated, informed, and inspired as you navigate the intersection of faith and culture. If you have no faith, maybe you'll find it here. So, thanks for tuning in. Thank you for joining us. I'm so excited. Yes, thank you for the birthday shout-outs. Um, I really, I, I'm really overwhelmed. You know, I, I, when I first woke up, I saw all the messages. I said, man, there's a lot of messages. And then I had to come back and say, well, I thank God that people like me enough to leave messages, you know? <laughs> Some people are like, oh, that's just his birthday. I'm not, oh, I'm not going to even text No him. big deal, right? You know, and, and somebody was saying, what are you going to do? You know, and it, it's Corona. <laughs> you know, so what is it to do? But one thing I did post on my, in my Instagram, I, I said, um, an individual came to me and he said, oh, what's the plans for the year? So I started going over plans, you know, because my dad taught me a uh, man that plan, uh, uh, fills the plan, plans to fail. Mm-hmm. So you set your goals, you know. And he said, so what are you doing today? And I said, oh, I don't know. And I was so busy telling him about my future. I didn't, you know, do today. He, he asked me, he said, do you know the Twin Thieves? I said, wow. I said, that's a good question. I never heard that. You know, I, I said, I, I, I met some thieves before, but you know. Uh, <laughs> you didn't know any thieves that were twins. Huh? Yes. And he okay. said, he said uh, the, the, the names are called the future and the past. And I said, wow, that's interesting. And as I pondered on that statement, I, I realized what he was saying. I said, that's, that's true. We often worry about, you know, uh, well, we have regrets about the past. You know, we allow the past to hold us back from embracing the future. And sometimes you know, in order for you to embrace the, you know, the, the new, you have to let go of the old. And sometimes we have that tension. Mm-hmm. And I said, but then on the other end, we, we focus so much on tomorrow that we don't live in today. And I said, one of the biggest gifts I, I was given to myself is living in the moment, being present in the present. Ooh. So I really enjoyed my birthday. So thank you so much for that. <laughs> living in the moment. Yes. So reminds me of statement that we shared on uh, was it New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. If you are haunted by the past and worried about the future, yes, it'll be difficult to experience the present. Yes, exactly. And that's, yep. that kind of sums it up where we are. Yep. And on behalf of Pastor Karen Bernard, she wants to thank all of you for your lovely gifts and best wishes for her birthday. Uh, we've got your birthday. Uh, we got quite a few birthdays in the month of January, yes. but in the same week, you and your mom. Yeah, we hold it down. We hold it <laughs> yeah. down. Yes. And, I mean, and then my brother Fonzo, his birthday would have been right. uh, the 25th. 25th. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of us in the birthdays. Jossie, yeah, I can go on. I, you know, we got yeah, almost Lori, yeah, Lori Field. Yeah, we yep. got quite a few birthdays. But uh, here we are today. Um, this coming Wednesday is the inauguration, yes. right? 17, 18, 19, 20. Yeah, uh, inauguration. I am scheduled to be on TBN uh, doing a conversation about the inauguration. Now, some of you have given up on TBN, I know, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, look, all of these networks play a role, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, of course, that's why we're launching ours in, in March, <laughs> and we'll, you'll hear more about that as we go along. But um, today at the Brooklyn campus... Yes. We have some things going on, and I know that I shared with you uh, information about the vaccine. We had Dr. Mark Wade, our Commissioner of Health for the city of Newark in New Jersey, and we've had others come on just to share with you the data, the science behind it, and I hope you do your homework as well, uh, because it continues to roll out. I shared my degree of wait and see 
before responding to this vaccine. I know all of the conspiracy theories out there around vaccines. I know the trepidation. I understand that. Uh, I also know these anecdotal stories of people, you know, uh, having bad reactions to it. But again, you know, you have to determine the risk. And I'm not going to tell you what to do. You have to make that decision on your own. All I can do is present the data. So here we are. And uh, PJ, you were in touch with the governor's office yes, uh, about and, this. And what we, what we decided to do, we ended up making CCC Brooklyn campus a uh, vaccination site. Okay. We teamed up with uh, the uh, governor's office as well as SOMOS medical Mm -hmm. facilities and uh you know it, it was difficult to make the decision and you and i talked and i said well you know you got the pros and the cons and the, the fact is we still want to be a resource to our community yeah and ultimately it's on the decision of the individual within the community to take the test we're not forcing the test uh you know and myself i'm still waiting right to take the test you know i'm take watching the vaccine yeah, yeah, take yeah. the vaccine, the vaccine. Yeah. and uh but we want to still be able to be uh you know present in the community Showing that we're still there, and we said yes. Let's let's do uh, let's make CCC let's make it available because it available. That, that's the big thing. They're yes. arguing that you know vaccines are not available yep. uh, to certain communities, and here we are making it available to our community in East New York. And um, we have a team right now. Have, yep, and they're, our, they're they're setting up as we speak. Yes, uh, they're setting things up. For the vaccine, which will be, when? be two, Monday, Monday and Tuesday from uh, man, I had the times. OK, OK. <laughs> but the team is ready. They're going to have the times. And, and it, right now uh, we, we're going uh, set, setting up for 65 and over. OK, so it's not for the general public fully yet, but for 65 and over because the vaccine is still limited. Mm -hmm. And uh, the access to it is uh, limited, but they still wanted to get in the community. And I know uh, please believe you. We understand. We hear this. The. the um, the stories, the statements, even looking at the Tuskegee uh, experiments and things like that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we still have uh, an obligation to give you the option to say no. And we, we had some of our Golden Saints actually write in asking, yes. are we going to make the vaccine available yes. to them? And that's part of our response. So, you know, it's outreach to our community, making it available to our own congregation, those of you who want to take the vaccine. Yep. And those of you who don't, you know, look, you have to determine for yourself. You have to choose and go through a process, yep. you know, mm -hmm. like, 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 you know, I did in the beginning. I said, okay, let's wait and see. Mm -hmm. Let me hear the data. Let me hear the science. Uh, see where we are. So we have some testimonies that we want to share, and then I want to uh, go into a specific word. And this continues to be a, a, about prayer, of mm -hmm. course, but around the relationship between the church and culture. Yes. Because uh, one of the conversations that we need to have in the body of Christ, especially here in America, is reevaluating the relationship between church and state, yes. especially as Christians mm -hmm. and, 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 and the state or government. Yep. Because I think the boundaries were pushed uh, to the extreme <laughs> and it created confusion yes. in the minds of believers, in the minds of those who subscribe as, you know, to Christianity as their faith and those who watch uh, mm -hmm. Christianity because, you know, we're witnesses. People are watching us. Yep. So I think that uh, we need to touch on that. Because we, one, one of the questions I'm glad you touched on it is, is the church here to change the culture? 
Ah. So I'm glad you're touching on that because it talks about the conflict of somebody's, some of uh, the church's mindset on how they engage the culture. Yeah. Uh, that's and, really with, you know, such the standard. And how far do we push the spiritual, moral, ethical, and legal boundaries yes. um, before we lose our Christian identity or compromise our spiritual authority? Yep. You know, or moral authority, mm -hmm. uh, which is what God gives us. So we're gonna, I'm going to outline that for you so that you as a believer uh, have the language uh, and the passages to scriptural passages to respond to that. And then another question, you know, and just, to, you know, as we go on, my answer today is about speaking in tongues. Ah, you know, Karan Brown, yeah, Karan okay. Brown asked about, you know, speaking in tongues. Okay. Are there multiple tongues of prayer and things like that? So. These, all right. All right. Good. They want us to go deep into this. Some testimonies. Discussion. Yes. People that we're reaching around the world. And we've been sharing that, you know, our congregation has expanded. We have people who are joining the church, becoming a part of the church, who live in other parts of the country and other parts of the world. Shout out again to the couple from South Africa yes. and, and yes. that wonderful testimony uh, last week. And these you, are some good testimonies uh, because it, it, it just shows the impact that the ministry is having. Yeah. And we want to say thank you for being a part of that impact. So we appreciate that. Uh, even the way you interact on the chat, maintain and respect. I understand that we, everybody has their opinion. And that's one of the things that Christians have lost is their ability to articulate their opinion without trying to offend somebody. Right? Yeah. Where's the love of Christ? Right? And I, I used to wrestle with that scripture and I said, okay, I understand why. Because he sets the standard. Because if you, love, if you left it to the love of man, you know, we don't know how it would <laughs> We'd look. interpret it differently. Yes. <laughs> Speaking the truth in love. So yes. love, love should guide how we speak truth. Yeah. And we have responsibility to speak truth, especially speaking truth to power. Yes. But how we speak it, love should guide that. Yes. And love always seeks to benefit the one love yes. at the expense of self. Yep, yep. So and, you got a testimony? I got a testimony. I got a testimony. What do you got? Uh, uh, Brenda, Brendalyn Dayton. I uh, just want to say thank you for uh, your correspondence. Um, and uh, it says, the letter says, thank you, Pastor Renard, for your message. It says, greetings from State College, Pennsylvania. Okay. Your Sunday services have been extremely helpful to me over the past several months, especially in relation to understanding and praying about the political and social environment. Hmm. The morning prayer has also been beneficial in showing me how to pray for our leaders. And she referenced 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Hmm. Because I often struggle with how to do so. Thank you for your word on the prophetic today. Uh, Jeremiah 23, 38 came to mind. Also, as we are talking about how the church now has an international population, I thought of Isaiah 41, verses 17 through 20. Your ministry is so needed at this time to help us think through the difficult topics from, Christian, from a Christian perspective. I thank Father for you both and the morning prayer team. May God abundantly bless you, your family, and your ministry. I plead the blood of Jesus over you, your family, and your generations. May the anointing of God Harness them and cause them to walk out in his calling <clears throat> to the glory of his name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Yes. And that's Pennsylvania. Yes. Uh, yeah. We, I, you know, she mentioned pleading the blood. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to talk about that in we prayer. What does it mean to plead the blood yes. of Jesus? Is that legitimate or mm -hmm. that Pentecostal only? Yep. You know, is that real? What because does that I, mean? I, I plead the find blood? that in text. No, it's not expressed yep. that way, mm -hmm. but... It does refer to something that is biblical. Yeah, when we get into Revelation. Yep. And yes. <laughs> okay, but we'll, we'll get there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got one from a. I love this one. This one was real good. This is from a Charles Wynn 
And Charles, if you and your family are watching, I'm putting you on blast, Charles. Uh, it Bam. says, uh, <laughs> boom, thank you. Uh, so uh, good morning, Dr. Bernards, <laughs> plural. <laughs> I have been following the CCC ministry for several years and am now considering having uh, me and my family become members of the CCC ministry. We are located in Kansas City. Boy, so we have to, you know, mm -hmm. create everything that we can online. Yeah. I remember seeing you for the first time on Daystar television. My first thought was, who is this brother trying to impress people by speaking all proper and using big words to <laughs> preach? Hmm. I was looking for something to hate on you because I was a minister who was used to my pastor and leadership running around, throwing towels, laying hands, etc., and thought that that is the way you're supposed to preach. But after listening and hearing the way you taught and broke the word down, I was hooked and became a follower, even though I was still looking for a reason not to be in the beginning. I have been a supporter ever since, buying your books, listening and watching your teachings several times a week. I've even tried to get your ministry to partner with my business to sell mobile content through my business back in 2008. I remember the gentleman in the digital department kindly saying thanks, but no thanks, and letting me know what I was doing was good, but not at the level of the ministry and what we were doing, what you were doing. I remember first thinking, who is CCC to tell me I wasn't good enough? <laughs> and then I heard you mention in one of your messages that you were very careful on who you associated with and the ministry with and how, uh, if it didn't align with the vision of the ministry, the answer was no thanks. That lesson still sticks with me to this day. Fast forward years later, and I'm still a follower and supporter, and I watch the Sunday message faithfully every week and love the way you and Pastor Jamal deliver relevant content every week. Once I figure out uh, and, and receive feedback on how my kids, 19, 12, and 11 years old, can be involved, included in the ministry remotely, we will more than likely become members of CCC. I can go on and on about the lessons learned from your leadership and teachings, but I will end by saying thank you so much for sharing your ministry. Looking forward to becoming members of the CCC family. Charles Wynn, Kansas City. Amen. Amen. Wow. Now nah, he mentioned yeah, I know. youth ministry, no. and we, right? we do we do have um, a Sunday school going on. It's actually uh, for ten o'clock service right now. With with, with the staffing needed, uh, we are adding more services. Mm -hmm. But you can go on the website at cccinfo.org and you can see the scheduling okay. for Sunday school. And we uh, it's uh, up to ages uh, to sixth grade age level. And then um, at one o'clock, we are on Zoom. And you can go to CCC's uh, website also to find out for the youth ministry. And so we do have ministry yes. to young people, yep. to children. Mm -hmm. It's going on. It's virtual. And you're, we're going to continue to build yep. that out and expand that. Even when we get back in the building, yep. we're going we're to have both in-person yes. and the digital experience to continue ministry to those across the country and yeah, around the world. Yes, yeah, very intentionally, too. Beautiful. Uh, so, yeah, if you have any questions about what we're doing, follow our social media uh, we post a lot of stuff, you know, CCC uh, info on um, Instagram, CCCLI, C3 University, and so forth. So there's so many different uh, aspects of the ministry that is on social media, you, and we engage on that uh, platform as well. And that uh, has a lot of information also. So I have a, another testimony, and I want to share this because it leads into some things that I, you know, want to talk about in prayer, especially 
as we kind of move, we never really move beyond, you know, praying for government and those in power mm -hmm. because a lot of what happens within society stems from those that are in power because yes. they're making decisions. Here's an e uh, email from Chris Miller. Chris, we're putting you on blast this morning. Uh, Chris Miller says, uh, where are we here? Let me read Chris's email. Oh, man, do I have the email? I hope so. I'm going to find that email because I think it's so important. So while he looks for the email, <laughs> yeah, I want to give a shout out to the Orlando campus. We had an excellent time uh, hanging out on Tuesday for our Tuesday gathering. Uh, we try to do the second Tuesday of each month. So if you're a part of the uh, Central Florida area or even Florida alone, we uh, look on the website, you'll see that as well. Uh, yes, and definitely give a shout out to the teachers that have poured in their time, talents, and abilities to make this happen, especially as they're trying to, it was difficult, you know, you got to balance the Zoom that you're doing online and then turn around and now try to do some Zoom for Sunday school online. And, you know, that, that wears on you know, teachers because there's this thing called Zoom fatigue now, which is a new term. Zoom so, fatigue. Yeah, Zoom fatigue. <laughs> COVID fatigue. <laughs> Zoom fatigue. Zoom fatigue. Yes. <laughs> and all these others. All right. So, Chris Miller, let me put you on blast, Chris. Uh, and thank you, Chris, because, you know, this was written in the spirit of humility. Mm -hmm. And that's why, you know, I, I don't mind respond to it, right, responding to it publicly. Uh, and Chris writes, Dear Pastor Bernard, grace and peace. I've been following you for a little while now, about two years, and I enjoy and appreciate your messages. This Sunday, which was last Sunday he's referring to, you took to task those who have prophesied about or backed the Trump administration and election, and I agree with you on all of this. We should be about the business of our king and his kingdom, not looking to the princes of this world for our deliverance. He's referring to Psalm 146.3. Mm -hmm. At the same time, you've also featured the likes of Bill de Blasio and Chuck Schumer <laughs> to directly address your congregation and audience. Aren't you doing the very thing you criticize others for when you give implicit endorsement of some, even giving them a platform to influence the church toward their political worldview. This appears at minimum hypocritical. Some food for thought and reflection. I don't know if you'll even see this email. You'll probably get many, but I welcome your response sincerely and hoping to build up and not tear down. God bless Chris Miller. Chris, again, you, you wrote this in the spirit of humility. That's the way uh, I take it. And even though you're calling me a hypocrite, Chris, you know, uh, I, I will respond. Because <laughs> then we got to first define what's endorsement. You know? Well, that's just it. You know, look, I, it, we, we had our uh, senator mm -hmm. and our, uh, our, our mayor. Yes. We, we will have our governor, yep. you know, and they happen to be Democrats. Mm -hmm. If they were Republican governor, like when George Pataki was governor, we had him come to the church and address. So uh, let me let me just kind of give you where we come from on this, Chris. Uh, all right. Because, uh, I, you know, it's funny because maybe if it, they were Republicans, you know, it, it wouldn't have been a problem. I don't know. Everybody well, has their ilk. Well, this no. is good because he, if he's asked this question, there's got to be other individuals asking exactly. this question. Exactly. And, you know, so no matter if it's Democrat or Republican, there needs to be an answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so first of all, uh, and I want all of our uh, viewers to know that I have never, and I'll say never, and I don't like using absolute terms, but I will say never, I have never invited a politician, all right, to address our congregation. They call 
mm-hmm. and requests. When you're a large church, an, a church that has people in all social institutions within the city, you know, and, and, and across the state, all right, the politicians come. Mm-hmm. They want to come. In fact, we turn some away. So, number one, we don't invite politicians. They call and request to address our congregation. All right. We require, I just wrote these things down. I don't want to miss anything. <laughs> we require an outline of their proposed communication. We ask mm-hmm. them, well, what do you want to say to our congregation, to our people? Uh, and we require, and they have to let us know an outline of, you know, what they're going to say to our congregation. All right. We consider the value of their communication and the impact of their office on the quality of life of our congregants. I'm going to say that again. We consider the value of their communication, all right, and the impact of their office on the quality of life of our congregants. Mm-hmm. And we have a responsibility yep. for the quality of life of, of, of our church and our, and our members. Uh, they are warned, I just want you to know, they are warned not to bash any other politician. Those are the rules. And they're given a limited amount of time to make their case. Everybody yes. doesn't stay within the rules, and we correct them and say, look, you can't do this, or you went over time, whatever. I'm very, very clear with and respectful with those in political office. And let me say this to you, and anyone who who understands this gets this, all right? You can appreciate this. In order to achieve much of the work that we do for the community, Mm -hmm. like this vaccine avail, right? All right. Uh, we must have a good relationship with those in political office, yep. mm-hmm. regardless of who they are or what party they represent. So it doesn't matter to me whether the mayor is Republican, because Bloomberg was a Republican mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, uh, uh, we, we allowed him to come and address the congregation. So political party is not the issue. It's having a relationship with those in power, those who are making decisions that will impact negatively or positively the quality of life of the people in our communities. You know, uh, so, you know, look, you build by making friends, not enemies. Yep. <laughs> Jesus said in Luke 16, make friends of the mammon of unrighteousness. All right. You make friends, not enemies. You don't say, well, they're, they're not this, so we can't work together. No, we have a responsibility for what the Bible calls the common good. There has to be common ground that we work towards. So, in, in, and, and look, you know, all ministry is contextual. Yes, We're in New York. <laughs> New York City. It is predominantly democratic, you know, in this city. So what do we do? Wait till the Republicans or, or conservatives or liberals or some chosen party? No, no, no. That has nothing to do with it. We work with those who are in positions of power so that we can achieve things. We're building a development project to bring affordable housing, uh, development and retail and whatnot to the community. You can't do that without having a relationship with those in government at each level of government, whether it's local or city or state, you know, or federal. So in spite of our differences, all right, we work together for the common good of the people. And that's what motivates us. And those are the rules that guide us, Chris, and anyone else out there who questions why we will have, you know, political individuals come. And again, uh, many of them want to come, but we don't do that. Uh, We're having a mayoral race coming up and we're going to have a uh, a town hall Mm -hmm. and we're going to bring the candidates together 
and have them present themselves and make their case and so that, you, that our congregants and those who watch us and follow us can hear mm-hmm. heart to heart, spirit to spirit, hear what they have to say and they can make their case. Now, let me tell you why this is so important, this relationship, because now we get into the church's role in society. Yep. We get into the church's relationship with government. And I will tell you, the past four years, we have not seen a healthy demonstration of the relationship here in America between church and state. Yep, All right. Very- those that have caught, they've pushed the, the, the boundaries, the, the spiritual, moral, ethical, and legal boundaries in such a way that it's created confusion. Yeah. And many believers, they, they, they're wondering, well, wait a minute, what, what's going on? And the question is, did they sell their soul to the devil? Well, that's, the that's just it. You have to you know, be careful. All social media. I, I know. This is what they're saying. But let me tell you a story and, and why this is so important to us. And I have many stories, some local, with what went on you know, in, 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 in our community there with a young woman. But I mean, on August 4th, 2020, there was a large amount of ammonium nitrate. Now, ammonium nitrate is, what, is what's used to make bombs, mm-hmm. homemade bombs, yep. all right? And that's what was used in the Oklahoma bombing that, that killed the children and innocent people, that's all right? That's why they regulate um, manure and all that exactly. stuff. They, exactly. Exactly. Fertilizer. Because fertilizer, it, because mm-hmm. they you know, make bombs out of that. Yep. So on, on August 4th, 2020, this was last year, a large amount of ammonium nitrate was stored in, in, in a warehouse at the port of the city of Beirut in, in the capital, Lebanon. All right. It exploded, causing 204 deaths, 6,500 injuries and $15 billion in property damage and leaving an estimated 300,000 people homeless, right? A cargo of 2,750 tons of ammonium nitrate, you know, equivalent to 1.1 kilotons of TNT (laughs) had been stored in a warehouse next to a cache of fireworks. So you have ammonium nitrate Mm -hmm. in a warehouse and right next to it, Fireworks. And, and, and here's the problem. All right. All right. So it had been stored right next to each other without proper safety measures for six years. And come to find out the people in the community were pushing government officials, public officials saying you've got to do something about that. But the public officials sat on it. They did nothing about it. And as a result, and this was stuff that was confiscated from an abandoned ship. I watched a mother. All right. On, 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 on the, the video, tell the story, uh, a mother and father tell the story of, of the blast. Mm-hmm. The blast was, and you see it, it was mushroom. It's like yeah. a, like a nuclear blast. It was all it, over social media. Oh, Everybody it was mushroom. Yes. All right. And, and, and I watched the mother and father tell the story of the blast, knocking them to the floor of their fourth floor apartment, glass debris flying around the room. And as they rose to the floor, they immediately looked for their three-year-old son. He was sitting, still sitting, in the high chair before the blast that he was in. Because the mother was taking care of him. The father was out. He came back in. All right. The son, three-year-old son, sitting in the high chair with a giant piece of glass Mm. protruding from his chest. It had pierced his heart, pierced his lungs. They rushed him to the hospital where he died. Mm. I cannot tell you how I felt, you know, for the family 
and what they went through and the anger that was there. Why? Because failure in public policy, failure in those who are in positions mm -hmm. of trust in the community, all right, they refused to make a decision yep. simply on where stuff should be stored or should not be stored. You don't store stuff like stored. that in densely mm -hmm. populated areas because of this very, yes. very thing. So, you see, we have to get involved. The church, and, and may I go to the room? The church, and I want to say this again and again. The church invites culture, all right? Mm -hmm. Relationship, I'm making a separation. The church invites culture, especially those in positions of power, to measure their judgments and decisions against God's perspective on the nature and ordering of society. Wait, wait, you got to say that again. I I'm going to say it again. You have to, because, you know, this goes back into that whole idea uh, of the standard and which standard, you know, is, is used to help you know, set the boundaries on how people. And that's what we're talking about. Operate. We're talking about standards. Mm -hmm. All right. The church invites. We can't force. No. Right. We invite the mm -hmm. culture. The culture is that integrated system of beliefs, traditions, customs, products, values, technologies, yeah. <laughs> ideas, uh, all of its social institutions and social expressions. Mm -hmm. All right. The church invites culture, especially those in positions of power, to measure their judgments and decisions against God's perspective of the nature and ordering of society. So we come and we say, well, look, this is the way God set this up. Now, you can decide to do something else, <laughs> but we believe God knows what he's talking about. Yep. So when he brings the importance of human life, the life and dignity of the human person, and that our policies, our systems, our structures, our, our, our laws, our legal codes, etc., all right, should be influenced by that principle. And in person, the, that the life and dignity that. of the human person. Yep. You know, and that gets into all aspects of mm -hmm. government and behavior, you know, within government and within society. The common good, that should influence how we make laws, how we structure systems, how we treat people. And how the people in the, the systems are supposed to work exactly. and function. Yeah, and how we order society. So this is so important. There are four voices. I'm going to hit the board. Okay. I'm going to hit the board. All right. There are four voices. If I can move this. He's going to hit the board. Oh. Out of the way. Hit the board. <laughs> yeah, this is so important. No, this, is, this is good. And I'm glad you, you defined culture because uh, some of the definitions are. I'm, I'm going to oh. draw a map. Are you going to draw a map? Yeah. I, I, not today, but I need to do that. All right. So once again, culture is the system greatest. Uh, integrated system, system of ideas, values, principles, uh, entertainment, um, ideologies that constitute the life of together that constitute the life of the people. Exactly. And when I say a voice, mm -hmm. because we've been given the ministry of proclamation. Yes. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So the ministry of proclamation, mm -hmm. proclaiming not just the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus and what it means, but a value system that comes out of that mm -hmm. for human life and the way mm -hmm. society should be organized. That's so good. Not only just a life, death, resurrection of, the, of, of Jesus. Jesus Christ, 
but the a value system, value system that comes out of that yep. life, that mm-hmm. death, that resurrection. What does it all mean? Yes. How does it affect human society? Yep. All right, because it's that life that brings us Christianity uh, into the world. So there are four voices. So we have our ministry is a ministry of proclamation, proclamation and discipleship, discipleship and humanitarianism and humanitarianism. So so we proclaim mm-hmm. the truth, right, of the yes. gospel. And we get people to follow Jesus, to conform their lives to that. And we influence not just individuals, but we influence society saying we got a better way. Yep. So we've got to live the Christian difference. And we haven't been living the Christian difference. No, we haven't. We haven't. Just look at social media. I posted last week. I said, you know, don't put God in your um, your um, uh, area tomorrow, you know, the profile. But yet, don't have him in your comments and in your posts and things like that. That's right. You know? should be governing. <laughs> yes. Got to be consistent. Yes. Exactly. And humanitarianism. Because the, 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 the kingdom of Jesus is a kingdom of love and justice. Yes. The kingdom of Jesus, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is a kingdom of love and justice. And boy, we could take some time just to unpack those yep. two words. Because we got to find love and then we got to find exactly. justice. Exactly. So what does that look like and how they work together? The harmony relationship between love and justice is not an easy thing to it is accomplish. Not, it is not easy to live out, yes. but it's not impossible. Nope. So our, our, our first voice to society, to the culture, is our redemptive voice. Mm. Our redemptive voice. And I, I want to, as he writes that, I want to put a principle out there. Anything taken to the extreme become. can become error. Yeah. And you saw the redemptive voice going to such an extreme that it, it we became, you know, we started operating in error. And, and the redemptive voice is supposed to be a ministry of healing mm-hmm. and reconciliation. Yep. Not division. Yep. All right. And we're going to get into yeah. some text. <laughs> uh, hope, wait a minute. We're out of time. <laughs> no, we can't do that. Well, okay, I, just get, we, we break them down. Let's give them the next three. All right. So the redemptive voice is the voice that speaks to the ministry of healing and reconciliation. And mm-hmm. what does that look like? Because sometimes to heal and to reconcile, you've got to sit down to a table of negotiation and compromise. You've got to talk through things. You've got to go through a process. So it's, I'm not talking about a kumbaya moment where we all gather at a prayer meeting, praise the Lord, oh, I repent. Uh, okay. rock and hold hand. Oh, Jesus. No, no, no. <laughs> We're talking about serious work mm-hmm. that has to go into that. We also have... And every redemptive voice demands a level of maturity. Absolutely. Because we're here to... Redeem. Mm-hmm. God was in Christ yep. reconciling the world to himself. So we represent the ministry of reconciliation. Yep, that's part of our Bringing humanity back into relationship with mm-hmm. God. Yep. Because that's where good is. That's where righteousness mm-hmm. is. That's where love is. That's where life is. <laughs> as opposed to death. As opposed to unrighteousness. As opposed to chaos and confusion. God is order. Yes. Hallelujah. That's good. That's, that's good. It goes back to some of the stuff you were talking about last year. Yeah. So... A moral voice. And our moral voice is to uphold a standard of right and wrong conduct, right and wrong thinking, mm-hmm. especially for those in power. And here's why. Every decision that politicians make that affect human life is a moral decision. Mm. And because it's a moral decision when it affects human life, it falls under our purview because the church is the moral arbiter within society. And, and God has given us moral authority 
and moral voice. And that's why we have to be careful how we interact with politics, mm -hmm. because we must never compromise our spiritual or moral authority. Yes. And, and we've seen that all throughout the church. We had some heavy hitters that, you know, fell you know, in a moral walk, you know, you had some heavy hitters that uh, expressed certain things that diminished their moral authority by the way they spoke, by the way they carried themselves. Uh, and it's not just failure and, and, and sin, you know, falling to some sexual sin, but also the way you carried yourself and uh, associating. And things that you associated with, things that you did. Yep. And, and let me tell you something. Um, the devil did not seize the world from Adam and Eve mm -hmm. through violence. Nope. He seized them through deception. Yes. And that's the biggest thing that we have to watch for, deception. Mm -hmm. And I, can't, I, I will tell you, I have not seen this level of deception in, in American society, all right, or in the church even. Yes. Because now we have a division in the church where the church is, you know, certain part of the church is turning in on itself. We, yeah. have, we have people arguing, prophets <laughs> arguing with each Just other, and, 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 and well-known Christian leaders arguing with each other. You know, so it's, it, 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 it's crazy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, we, we have to reset. Yes. We really yes. need to reset our, our Christianity here in, in America. So, redemptive voice, moral voice, and I guess you have to wait till next time to get the other two. And I tell people, somebody, somebody I, say, I said, wow, 2020 was definitely, definitely the year of vision. It wasn't the vision that you thought of, of forecasting into the future, seeing into the future, but a vision of who we really are, mm. right? So it was clarity of vision on how the nation really was. Exposure. Clarity of vision yeah. on how the church really was, you know, the yeah. leadership of the church. Clarity of vision for some of us of who we really are. And I think, you know, and, and I, I believe, you know, and I try not, you know, try to not sound like, you know, <laughs> certain individuals, but I believe that was done because there's something ahead of us. That has to happen. That, so this had to happen. For because of what's ahead. What's ahead of us. Man, that's boom. That's a boom moment. You know why? <laughs> because what happens in the realm of the prophetic. Mm -hmm. that's why, you the know, biblical yes, prophetic. That's I don't mean I'm trying to, the prophetic you know, that's I trying to prophesy who wins the horse race or <laughs> who wins the, the, the <laughs> political office. I'm talking about the prophetic that analyzes the mm -hmm. spiritual, moral, social, uh, political conditions of a society, yep. evaluates it because that's that's and that's, that's, everything that's in our society. prophetic voice. Yep, that's and everything I don't, I don't in the society, that and that includes the church. Exactly, mm -hmm. and then looks ahead to yep. see. Okay, we're discerning the times now because signs of the times are prophetic indicators that emanate from the character of the culture. Yes, but we, when yep. we talk about the next two voices. We'll get into the prophetic right. voice. Yeah. So 2020 was a year of vision. It was. <laughs> a clarity. Yes. Remember the New mm -hmm. Year's Eve message yes. about that's vision. I went back to. Clarity of vision. Yep. Which means that some of you have to be close up in order mm -hmm. to see. Yes. But some can be at a distance mm -hmm. and see what you have to be close up to see. Mm -hmm. And that's where the prophetic comes yep. in. Those who from a distance can look and mm -hmm. see what it takes others to be right up on it. So there was so, such clarity going on last year. Hallelujah. God is so good. Thanks. This is good so good. Stuff, man. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's difficult to it's, end sometimes. I know, I know, you know, just, I know, I know. That's when the spirit just starts flowing and overwhelming. It's like, you know, but there's, you know, there's more uh, to, to say. Uh, and I would say to say, what is true for the church is true for the individual yes. believer. You have a responsibility as a representative of Christ mm -hmm. to be his redemptive voice his moral voice. Yep. All right. And he does not expect us to be perfect. He knows. The scripture says that, that when God made man, 
He said that it was good. He looked at all that he made and said it was very good. He said it was good. He didn't say it was perfect. Mm-hmm. So, oh, you messing people up. Don't do that to them. Uh, okay. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, and people have to understand. So because we have an obligation to have a redemptive voice, a moral voice, sometimes we don't respond on social media. Somebody said, Pastor tomorrow, why you don't respond to certain things? I said, because I'm angry right now. If I respond from this anger, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to diminish my voice that God has blessed me with in order to articulate certain things that, you know, needs to happen. With Which means we got to protect these voices yes. yep. because God anoints us yes. for this purpose. Yep. The church as a whole mm-hmm. and you as a believer. Yep. So after the capital, I wanted to say some things, but I said, Lord, I'm going to stay saved. The reason why we, so, we, we focus on this so much is that Good people don't get to heaven. Saved people do. Come, ooh. Because the question is, what's the standard of goods? You know, so it's, it's the salvation, the life, death, and resurrection of this Jesus Christ that we love and we believe came to save us. So, mm, um, those, and talk about that, Pastor. Uh, you know, the, the life, death, and resurrection <laughs> of Jesus Christ, the, the, the testimony of Jesus Christ. Some people say that, you know, the, 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 it has been compromised. Uh, you know, the church has been compromised. The name, you know, the, using Jesus. Jesus uh, yeah, yeah. Because, of all of the because of all the stuff that's going on, the, the, going pro- on. the prophetic, yes. the prophets, yes. and, and those who supported Trump and, and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. No, no. Let me, let me just say this to you. All right. Jesus has not been compromised. Our witness has been compromised. Amen. Amen. But Jesus is never compromised. That's good. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And no matter what we mess up, it doesn't change him. Mm -hmm. It doesn't change who he is or what he can achieve and accomplish or his mission. We're the ones. We're affected because we're called to be witnesses. So our witness becomes compromised when we compromise our redemptive voice, our moral voice. Amen. Right? That's our, good. our redemptive authority, our yep. moral authority. Mm-hmm. And we'll get the other two next week. That's good. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, can, I, can we pray out? Yeah. We're going to start off yeah. with prayer. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Father God, once again, thank you so much. Never forgetting, coming to the throne humbly, recognizing who you are. You're an amazing God, you're the mighty God. You are the God who breathed life out of nothing. You are the God that confuses the wise because they try to figure you out. So Lord, we thank you for even the information you have allowed us to gather with our finite mind for such an infinite being. The highest conceivable being, Lord. You are so good. So we come to you right now and say, Lord, have your way in our lives. We surrender ourselves to you. We will ask that you prepare us throughout this, for, for this week. Hallelujah, Lord. To be the salt and light in our areas of influence. Prepare us and let us ponder on the message that we just received today so that it will come back bearing fruit a hundredfold, Lord. We ask that you just anoint our tongues, articulate the message in our way. Not trying to sound like Dr. Bernard, but Lord, sound like ourselves. Yes, Lord. So Lord, we ask that you just have your way. Anoint us afresh. Truly breathe unto us a fresh anointing. We ask that you just have your way. We, we, we cast our cares upon you right now. We cast anything that's going to hinder us to be able to walk the walk that you have called us to walk. We pray for our family. We pray for our kids, our, our, our loved ones, our spouses, Lord. Even if it's in a strange relationship right now, we ask that you anoint it. 
Yes, Lord. We pray for you to continue to move in a mighty way in our lives. Yes, Lord. So we surrender our skills, talents, and abilities. But more so, Lord, our character into your hands. Yes, Lord. Give us the courage to change the things necessary. Hallelujah. Move towards this walk. Hallelujah. Give us the ability to, and the sight to see what we need to change so that we can represent you in this culture in a better way. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. So, Lord, we, hold, we take up the mantle of representing Christ and culture. And we know that we're not going to do it alone, so we ask that you walk with us. Give us the strength when we are weak. Give us the courage when we are afraid. Hmm. Give us the wisdom. As your word says, if you ask for your wisdom, you give it. Not just a little bit, not sparingly, but bountifully. Bountifully, yes, Lord. So, Lord, we ask that you have your way. Hallelujah. And we say thank you for what you have done in our lives. We don't want to take that for granted, Lord. And we say thank you for what you are currently doing. Thank you, Lord. But, Lord, we stand in expectation for what you're about to do. So, we say have your way. In Jesus' precious, precious name. Amen. And Father, Amen. I just want to add to that. We pray for a peaceful transition of power. We pray against the misinformation, disinformation, conspiracy theories that are fueling fear and anxiety in our nation towards Inauguration Day. We pray that a divine peace yeah. will arrest the nation, arrest everyone who would think in terms of hostility and, 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 and anger and violence, Lord, let your light shine upon this nation to demonstrate your presence in this nation. Thank you. Restore us to being that city on a hill, that shining light, Lord God. So we pray for a peaceful transition of power. And we pray in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. Amen. All right. Good stuff, man. No, you, you good stuff with you. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> I got him. I got him. <laughs> Until we leave this place. No, <laughs> as we leave this as place. As we leave this place, we never, never got presence. presence. Jesus is Lord, period. We, we believe, believe it, it. We, we proclaim, proclaim it, it. And we're seeing it come to pass. pass. God bless and enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks for tuning in to the A.R. Bernard podcast. I hope you were enriched by the information and or the conversation. Make sure... Subscribe by clicking the link in the bio to gain more information about me and the work that I'm doing. Again, thank you and God bless.